Hey there, welcome back to another episode. Um, I've been thinking about, uh, aka scrutinizing myself in regards to my recordings. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, I'll just give you a little peek into my mind. Like, I struggle with sounding more professional, uh, like my delivery. I uh, previewed a little bit of what I posted just yesterday. I recorded and, and posted yesterday uh, my proposition of asking for some questions. Um, if any listener has, <coughs> excuse me, has anything to just present as a topical, um, I don't know, examination of a matter, of any kind of a topic that maybe someone has questions about, you know, I'm just thinking about this or this or this. Could you share your opinion, uh, do a study on, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and so, as I do with most recordings, I listen to it a little bit. Number one, to make sure it recorded. Um, number two, um, make sure I'm posting the right content because I do have other recordings on this little voice recorder. Um that I don't want to just land here um, on the podcast. And so I, I, I'll just be real transparent. Like, I have some things recorded on there that are just personal personal thoughts. And uh, <laughs> as recently as this morning, I just had this fear wash over me that like, what if I, because I posted something about 5.30 this morning um, that I recorded yesterday and uh, about an hour later, I got to thinking, like, did I post the right thing? <laughs> um, because if I don't go in and name the audio files something, then they're just a bunch of gibberish numbers. And so I thought, oh my goodness, did I, am I sure I even posted what I wanted to? And so I had this little panic moment of going to the site and uh, playing just a you know, a few seconds until I knew for sure that I had, in fact, posted the right uh, recording. Of course, thankfully I did, and I exhaled and everything was okay. But as I listened to the first few moments of the recording, I just want to be real hard on myself. Um, I had a brief stint in radio, and for those who know us, know that we ran an internet radio station 24-7 out of our house that I would jump on and off the air live um, and, and DJ live from our spare bedroom. And, uh, of course, we were on a, a ridiculously small radio station before that, um, weekly, doing a weekly show, um, my wife and I. And, man, you know, I just... That's just something I so like. I so enjoy that. I don't know if there's anything like that in my future. We joke about doing live things. Um, man, I would just so love that. I just, I don't know what it is about it. I really enjoy the live setting. Like, this is as close as I've found to that satisfying place in me. Is just talking to myself, knowing that in a recorded way people will listen and, and I don't know, I just 
I enjoy that. I enjoy, maybe I could just say, do I have, is it as simple as, well, I just like talking. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a simplified version, but I don't know. I enjoy, I enjoy dialogue. Um, and so, I don't know. I say all that to say that, you know, I just wrestle with like not sounding as professional as I know that I could or, you know, I remember back in the day when we did do radio, like, I enjoyed the professionalism side of it. I enjoyed, like, working on my voice and talking through my radio voice and making sure I pronunciated everything well with emotion and and uh, driving home a point without talking in a, you know, in a real slurred way or, or just, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I enjoy that. Um... <laughs> And so, I don't even know why in the world I'm talking about that, other than I listened to a little bit of the recording from yesterday, and uh, I don't know, I just, I started thinking on the, I kind of picked up exactly where I was with that train of thought yesterday, um, and it kind of triggered some, some other things that I didn't realize I had kind of been thinking through already weeks ago. And I want to try to make a connection about that thought. And basically the thought stems from 2 Timothy when when we're told that there's going to be coming a day, an age, where people do not any longer endure sound doctrine. There's going to be coming a day, we were told, it was prophesied, if you will, um, as we were instructed in 2 Timothy that, you know, there, be ready in season, be ready out of season for a rebuke and exhortation. Um, basically, we were being told to be in a, in a constant state of preparation Because there was going to come a day when people would no longer endure teaching. That they would desire their ears to be tickled. And of course we know, everybody knows what that means. It would be something, I mean we're even told, the scripture goes on, that basically they're just going to be looking for anything that would satisfy their own personal passions, preferences. They're going to be looking not for truth, but they're going to be looking for something that satisfies their own natural tendencies. In other words, don't teach me absolute truth. Teach me something that I already agree with, something that is already desirable to me. They will no longer endure, give themselves to, in enduring with something that may be true but contradicts what they would personally want or be told to do, told that they must abstain from, whatever the case may be. A time will come, we were told, where people will not endure sound, true, legitimate doctrine and teaching. And I would say that 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 day has come. 
I don't know if it came a year after that was pinned or if it's been progressional. But whatever the case, I am I'm thoroughly convinced that that is, in fact, the age we are presently living is the foretelling of the no longer enduring sound doctrine age. I think that's where we are. And so as I started, I guess just the continuation of the thought yesterday where I just started the recording talking about how I wanted to open myself to questions, thoughts, opinions of others who are listening, and maybe just willingly give myself. I'm no great teacher. I'm no Bible scholar, but I, I am sure God has given me the ability to understand and explain and articulate things in a way that, that sometimes works, sometimes makes sense to hearing ears. I know that. I'm okay with that. That doesn't make me an arrogant, prideful person. That just, I mean, we need to find our function and giftings and abilities that God has given us that are not my own. Nothing I perfected or or sought after. It's just, you know, everybody has something, right? I mean, even scripturally, we know everybody has not just a purpose, but like a legitimate function for the good and the building up of the body of Jesus Christ. So that's all I'm saying. And so as I opened up that door of thought into like, you know, making myself available again to suggestions, questions, I I kind of gravitated to... just questioning faith in general. And what do we do when we ourselves question what we believe? We question what is true. What do we do with that? What is our own personal process of questioning what we believe? I guess first and foremost, are we even okay with questioning what we believe? Have we been taught such a constrictive, narrow, fearful, really, like, don't you dare question God. Don't you question your faith. As, as if, if we ever do that, or at least we all do it, but if we admit that we're doing that, I think we've all been, this generation, myself included, has been taught that if you do that, you are somehow disappointing God and Christianity because that's not faith. That's what we've been taught is, well, that's not faith. And so if you question God, you question your salvation, you question a biblical text or a teaching or a sound doctrine, you're heretical. You're displeasing to God. You're an embarrassment to the faith because you should just Again, grit your teeth hard enough and say, I believe, I believe, I believe. But what does our heart say? Now, this is a touchy little matter because I don't want to be misunderstood because faith is something established in an unseen reality. 
We're told that by Paul time and time again. We place our faith in the unseen, yes. But as I alluded to a little bit yesterday and as I listened to in that faith message by a brother online the other day, faith is a substance Faith to faith to faith, this journey that we are to be on is becoming something unexplainable yet real, something tangible within my heart, the substance of my life, not just a blind hope that, well, I don't understand anything, I don't know anything, I don't experience anything. I just believe. Well, that's really hollow. It's really shallow. It's really empty. And I'll tell you what, what it produces is a, is a generation of people who have become dull of hearing become, because there's been no experiential encounter level of faith. It's a, it's a literal blind faith free from experience. In other words, if somebody came up to you as a non-believer, what our culture, our Christian culture has deemed the buzzword a seeker, I guess that's still what's cool to say. You're not a non-believer, you're a, a seeker. If they come up and, and they ask you, would you explain to me your faith? Explain to me what you believe. I would just say that we've lost a substance. We've lost a substance. We've lost the original church's first-hand demonstration, encounter-based belief and faith. Primarily what is seen now, the best experiential level that is known is pretty much the the same thing that you can feel going to a sporting event or to an entertainment-based concert, which is emotion. Emotion-driven encounter with God, which again is very shallow at best. I'm not saying people aren't encountering God in such a way, but... I don't believe that's the faith of Hebrews 11 experience that we are to be pursuing. Right now, I would describe it, I guess, if I could narrow it down to a sentence from my perspective, is you've got a bunch of loud, clamoring emotion over this cosmic God out there somewhere who I know just loves me without measure, but I don't know why. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know the sobering arc of the or of the living God fear and trembling of this cosmic deity, but I know he loves me and I'm excited about it. And again, I don't really know why, but I just want purpose and I want I want attention and I want some sort of comfort and so I'm just going to 
be real loud and I guess just be excited that this cosmic deity knows me. Yay! Jesus is my friend. He's, he's right here with me. He likes me. He's my, he's my friend. And I'm not saying that's not, not anything at all, but it's lacking, from my opinion, it's lacking the substance of faith. The meat of faith, the foundation of, of stone that's being built from faith to faith, a substance. Because we all know emotion comes, emotion goes. God is good, God is angry. Which is, of course, defined as things in my life are awesome. Things in my life are bad. Where are you, God? I've, I have alluded so many times to what, how, how I saw that firsthand when I used to be a youth pastor and, and attempt to the best of my horribly lacking ability at the time to teach young people serious matters. Of course, the main breakdown was I was not living holy and righteous myself. So, of course... It carried little weight, albeit true. But I saw the ebb and flow of relationship with God always being equal to their circumstances. They are the epitome of that. The, the back and forth being tossed everywhere fluidity of youth. <laughs> And emotion. Always rededicating. Always backsliding. Rededicating. Backsliding. And why do I do this? Why do I do this? I believe. I believe. Well, can, can anyone just say, well, no, you don't. That's okay. You don't. You never have. <laughs> you never have really given your life to Jesus. You just haven't. And that's okay. <laughs> and so here we all are as adults wrestling with a very similar issue in our own lives of like, what do we do when we are lacking faith on a matter? Whether it's something just very practical I'm just having trouble believing God for healing for my son or restoration of my marriage or can I ever be a, a right godly example to my peers? You know, anything. Overcoming sin. What do I really believe on these things? And am I willing to endure sound doctrine? Okay, so I want to try to I want to make sure I stay in the parameters of of topic this morning. And so to bring this right back to my point, if people again, I'm speaking from the the premise that I believe we are in that age now where people have for the most part become dull of hearing. In other words, 
tent revivals and awesome sermons probably aren't going to do it. I mean, what I would call truth, the truth of the eternal Word of God, is pretty much, you know, it's, it's just fables. It's a mockery. And we can't just put that on the world now, can we? Let's be honest, church. We can't just say, well, nobody believes anymore. No one wants to hear the teachings of Jesus. Well, have you tried on the Beatitudes lately? Have you really extracted the teachings of Paul and lived them out literally? (laughs) So let's be careful that we just don't say, oh, the world just does not want to hear the gospel. Now, we're talking about a whole lot more than the gospel. Again, let's remember the gospel is the entrance Your regeneration, your receiving of salvation is pre-K. But the problem is, for the majority of the church, it's graduation. And that's a real problem. That's a real issue within the body of Christ. Can I say that again and make sure that's crystal clear? I think that's a lot more profound than maybe most people would realize. Your salvation... My regeneration, my, my being moved from darkness to light, the domain of darkness into the eternal kingdom of the sun, is not the culmination of my purpose in life. The goal of my life for my son is not just to get him saved. For your life, for my life, for anyone's life, it's the door. It's the entrance into, it's the beginning phase of the rest of our life, becoming conformed into the image of Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, firstborn of many brethren, image of the invisible. That's the beginning, just becoming his dwelling place where the Spirit of God literally is within a man is square one. Block number one in the building of the rest of our lives. And so if we don't get that reality, daily walking in that reality, we miss the what now. The application of the scriptures, which again, have we become dull of hearing? We're, again, we're not just talking about getting people saved. Nobody wants to hear the gospel anymore. Nobody wants to hear about Jesus. Y'all, it's so much more than that. Has the church become dull of hearing the fullness of the kingdom? The immeasurable teaching within the Word of God. Have we become dull of hearing, and we only want to hear what we already agree with. We want to hear what already aligns with our personal passions and convictions. Hello, political American Jesus followers. Hello, mainstream America Christianity. We live according to the teachings of Jesus that are just 
cut out like lines on a magazine and pasted in an order we deem right to promote our own opinions, our own agendas, our own doctrines. We're tickling our own ears. We're aligning ourselves with preachers and teachers and authors who promote ideas we already agree with. I mean, when was the last time you had an idea, a thought, on a spiritual matter, a biblical doctrine, a proposed way of thinking that you absolutely, to your core, believe is wrong, and that propelled you to study on it for three months? To actually see if you're wrong. To confirm if your position is actually sound doctrine. I don't know that we do that. We follow after what we agree with already. We've got to break off that tendency. And now that's on the fringes of what I'm talking about, but true nonetheless. And so, but here's my proposal. Here's my thought jump, kind of springboarding off of yesterday's um, thinking along the lines of the, of the author who has renounced his faith and, and left his wife, which of course is an interesting uh, comparison that he left his wife and his faith in the same season of his life. To discover himself. Self-discovery. And I'm telling y'all, this is not something any one of us are immune to. Now, it may seem more obvious in worldly circles. The freedom of expression. Of course, the evangelical church will slam to no end the gay movement. They're not free to express themselves. I don't need to see that debauchery. But I mean, let, again, really, let's step back and instead of worrying about that so much and just being so fascinated by that, what about us? What ways are in us that are according to the same patterns of the flesh as that is? In what ways are you today exercising your liberty and freedom to discover yourself? Five minutes of looking into modern-day Christianity, you will see that deception quickly. I shared with a brother weeks ago, I, I, I on occasion try to scour YouTube for substance and thinkers that are maybe a little different than myself um, and, and better at explaining the scriptures and, you know, illuminating things that I just haven't run across on my own. And I literally heard this guy, I, I 
I give everything at least 30 seconds of, okay, let's kind of see where this goes. And y'all, I'm not even joking. This is exactly word for word what this guy said. He said, you know, his little intro, it's all about who he is, his name, his, how many followers he has, of course, and, you know, just facts, right? Young guy. And the first thing he said that was not about himself was, y'all, I want you to get this. We have to remember that whatever moves you moves God. And he's so serious. He said, let me say that again. Just remember, friend, whatever moves you and moves your heart moves the heart of God. Stop. (laughs) I was done. And I just laughed, and I was like, really? That sums up the dull of hearing generation that I live in. We've been convinced that whatever stirs us emotionally and moves us somehow is what moves God. And that if anything is not synonymous in that light, isn't the Lord. It's not God. Nope. Doesn't mean anything to me. I don't like it. Makes me, makes me feel bad. And God doesn't want me to feel bad. And so I lay that down for what? For self-discovery. I need to find myself. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What a dangerous doctrine that is that permeates this generation. It's all over modern Christianity. It, It seeps out of the pores of Christianity in my generation. You just find God in yourself and be free, brother. Just be free. Don't be bound. Don't be under heavy conviction because that's just condemnation and God doesn't want you that way. Jesus, there's there's freedom in Jesus and I know I talked about that in the Liberty in Freedom series, and so I don't want to be redundant, but it just goes, it's worth mentioning again and again. Just blind, just throw up your hands and yell. We'll turn the music up louder. We'll turn the, turn the lights down darker so that you're comfortable and it just gives you little goosebumps. Just feel good. Our goal today is to get you to encounter God and feel better. Because if you feel better, you'll be better. Right? That's become the church. It's infiltrated all of our thinking. Because again, it's the culture of the age. And again, at best, the elementary teachings, the elementary principles of the gospel, which is don't be dead in sin, be made alive in Christ Jesus, at best, that is attained and 
most people stop there. The whole goal is to be free. Are you free in Jesus? Oh, yes, praise God. Praise God. God is good all the time. And we stop there. We have stopped there. No sound doctrine. Tickling of the ears for the rest of our lives. Brother, you don't need to change. You've already been born again. Are you saved? Yes. Well, hey, there's no condemnation then in Jesus Christ. Welcome to the eternal party. And I'm telling you, this if I can connect this and make sense, this is why the, the back and forth never solid on a foundation of assurance, that's why that never comes to this generation. Because I think deep down they know that's not right. They know that, I mean, this is what kids always said, and this is what I've always heard my whole life when talking to anyone who's on teetering on their faith. I just, I just don't know. I don't know for sure that this is real. Oh, how do we get to a place ourselves and how do we move others into a place to know? Because you know what? We can know. I believe that we can know. I'm going to stop this here and I'm going to make this two parts because I feel like there's more that I'd like to say about the matter. So stick with me. I'll try to post these quickly to continue the train of thought.